guys can grab a seat. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, last night, my wife and I were on a date, and, uh, which happens very few and far between with four kids. Um, and she was encouraging me to speaking some truth into my life that I need to, hey, Matt, can you help me with that stuff? Um, that I need to slow down, like any, any entrepreneurial kind of people that never live in the moment, but always like it's thinking about what's coming next. Anyone else like that? Okay. Um, this is one of those mornings though, that I don't think we'll ever forget as a church. Um, this is the morning where we have to stop. We have to remember how faithful God has been, um, through, thank you, through our seniors graduating, uh, through baptism that will take place in a minute, through the commissioning of Kyle and Jen to go to Milledgeville. And, and just this morning, uh, if you prayed for this, uh, like this beautiful weather. Thank you. And I've got a few more things that you can start praying for because this is awesome. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Luke 17 is where we're going to be. I'm going to try to keep it brief because um, we have a ton going on this morning and, and want to li- leave enough time for that. Uh, I ramble enough as it is, so we won't do that. But um, just kind of a snapshot the rest of the morning uh, after the service, we'll immediately go down to the pond and do a baptism. And then we have tons, I'm talking tons of hamburgers and hot dogs. So please stick around, eat with us. We've got this thing all day, um, so we can just enjoy. There's hiking trails back there. Uh, I've heard there's bodies buried, so don't look too hard. But uh, there's just tons of there's activities, um, activities, I can't believe I said that, uh, activities to do. Um, but yeah, disc golf, cornhole, just that. So plan on staying here all day. I think we're going to have plenty for dinner too. So you can just eat two meals on the branch. You're welcome. Um, real again, before we get started, we, we recognize the seniors. We're going to talk about Kyle and, and those going to Millersville with him in a second. But if you are serving this summer in summer missions somewhere across, um, this globe, would you stand up for a second? Just so we can recognize you too. If you are serving at a camp or something this summer. Right? That's pretty awesome, too. Um, so we'll be praying for you guys as well. And um, maybe some if you saw them stand up around them, just talk to them and figure out where they're going and all that's going on. Uh, likewise, last thing in, in terms of announcements, and then we'll dive in. Um, last week, we rolled out the Constitution, approved the Constitution, had the first membership class, which I think 35 people went through the prospective members class. Uh, if there are enough around today that want to do it, we'll do another one around 1.30 or 2.00. Um, so if you want to do it, just to let me know, come find me around that time and, and we'll, I've got all the stuff with us. We can do that. But if not, we'll schedule another one real soon. Um, so college seniors, if you're getting ready to graduate, raise your hand one more time. Do you feel like, uh, preparing as an adult, being ready to adult is an impossible task? Yes or no? Like this whole adulting, which actually, what are you doing with tigers? You're working with tigers? You're crazy. <laughs> Let me just say what everyone is thinking. Uh, that's pretty impressive, though. Uh, so, yeah, adulting is like an impossible task. I remember getting ready to graduate college and like, can I really do this? Now, granted, by the time I graduated college, I was married and had a kid, but uh, figured out what it looked like. But all of us have this impossible task, right? I mean, even for me, getting married, I was so fretting over the fact, can I actually be a husband? Do I know what this looks like? I'm getting ready to have Auburn, our first kid. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little bit more now, but at the time was not a reader, uh, and I flew through what to expect when you're expecting. Um, which like did nothing for me, didn't prepare me at all. Uh, even like planning this church, getting ready to move up to Delonica, I mean, I just thought it was an impossible task. And we've all kind of had that somewhere in our lives. We're going into this season. For the seniors, maybe it's getting ready to graduate and like figure out how to pay bills and 
mommy and daddy won't pay your cell phone anymore and you're going to cry for a little bit, but, but impossible task nonetheless. And so this morning we're going to see that Jesus kind of sets us up for what seems like an impossible task, um, but it actually isn't. It's the most beautiful thing that he's given us. Um, and so we'll dive into what that means this morning. Um, Luke 17, we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Five through ten. It's a little bright. I might get old and do this so I can read. Luke, are you already there? Oh, okay. Well, then let's go. Luke 17, five through ten. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Verse 7, will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? Verse 10, so you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We've only done that which was our duty. So let's pray as we dive into this text this morning. And Father, would you, would you teach us from your word what it really means to be a follower of you, what it really means to have faith, of God, where that actually comes from. Father, we are so guilty of, of making idols out of ourselves. And so this morning, Father, would you speak clearly? Would we learn from you this morning on what faith really is? It's your name we pray. Amen. They're going to be mad. That they probably went to the Parks and Rec and just got here. So I apologize, whoever that is. Um, now, verse 5, let's start out here and just kind of understand what's happening. The apostles said to him, Lord, increase our faith. So if you were here last week, you know that, that Jesus had this impossible teaching for us um, that we're supposed to forgive, right? Every time someone sins against us and they ask for forgiveness, we're supposed to forgive. Now, that sounds really cliche and beautiful, but does anyone love forgiving people when they've wronged you? Right? Does anyone just enjoy, like, man, I just love to forgive. Sin against me as much as you want, and I will forgive you. It's just a beautiful, no, no one really acts like that. If you do, you're weird, um, because that's just not true. The other part was this idea that if you cause a young believer to sin, it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the deep end of the ocean. Now, isn't that impossible for us to carry this task on? That we have to live in such a way that no one would ever see anything we do and it would lead them into sin, it would lead them into doubt, it would lead them away from Jesus. Doesn't that seem like an impossible task? That we're supposed to live such a blameless life that we don't leave anyone to sin and that we're supposed to forgive like it's drinking water, like it just comes natural to us. So the immediate response from the disciples, I think it's a beautiful one, uh, because the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Our faith. If you don't do this, I can't on my own. Now, how many times have we uttered that to the Lord, right? Jesus, if you don't show up, this, this cannot happen. If you don't, then who will? So let's, let's just be real. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, um, the whole idea of this passage is do not worry. Anyone worry in here? Yeah. Uh, okay, so seniors getting ready to graduate, you guys are worrying about the future, True. Um, there's probably all of us, Milledgeville people, getting ready to move to Milledgeville. You're worrying, am I going to uproot my family? Am I going to go and fall apart there? Right? Some of you are worrying about finals this week and whether you're actually going to pass and have to call your parents and say, oh, I failed. 
right? I mean, we all have worries. Some of us are worried that we have zero retirement, right? Just me? Cool. Um, so we're just worried. There's worry all over us. So this impossible task is to have faith in Christ. It says, why are you worrying? Why, why is this a worry for you? Why is this a concern for you? And we could keep going. Matthew 28, go make disciples. Do we know how to do that? Are we actively doing that? Or does that seem like an impossible task for us? Right? I mean, we could go this. We're supposed to be Jesus' witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. How are we doing with that? Does this seem like an impossible task? So this idea that what Christ is laying on us, we can actually do on our own power is ridiculous. It's nonsense. There's no way. So the apostles coming to him and saying, you have to increase our faith is key. But verse 6, we'll see where, where we take it to another level. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea. Then it would obey you. Now, I want us just to maybe look at something real quick that some of us maybe have not pondered. I think what Jesus is doing here is making an observation, not a demand. I think what this is is more of an observation, not a demand, not a command, um, not a straight, you should do this. But he's just making this observation. If you had faith the size of a mustard tree, you could tell this tree to move and it would. If you had that kind of, it's just an observation. But here's what we hear as Americans, as the Bible Belt, as Christians, we hear it's up to my, it's up to me and my responsibility to have more faith. If you have more faith, therefore, if you don't have enough faith, you are wrong. You need to try harder. And how many of us feel this as we study the text, as we hear and talk about missional communities and what does it look like to be a Christian? What does it look like to make disciples and make disciples? It's just like, man, it just keeps coming on me and we get tired and we get burnt out because we don't have enough faith. Well, whose responsibility is it to have more faith? Me. So we start white knuckling, we start growing like I can do this. I can develop more faith within myself and then we just burn out. We realize that we can't because we take this as a command, not an observation. That if you had enough faith, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, then you could tell this tree to move. So then it begs the question, if the faith isn't ours, if we're not responsible for this, where does it come from? So if you have your Bibles, flip over to Hebrews 12 real quick. I want us to see, there's two passages I want us to flip through. This is one of them, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And hopefully this will free us up this morning because this impossible task of having faith maybe isn't as impossible as we think. Hebrews 12, picking up in verse 1. And Hebrews 11 is all about faith, and this is the culmination of Hebrews 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race which is set before us. First two, underline this, circle this, memorize this. This should be our life verse. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of whose faith? Our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. So where does faith come from? Where does this idea of faith, if we have to have more faith to do what Jesus has required of us, where does this faith come from? It's looking at the eyes of our Savior. 
That is where this faith comes from. Read verse 2 again. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So when we take our eyes off of Christ to look at us and say, I'm responsible for developing my own faith, no wonder our faith doesn't get developed. Because we're looking at us to accomplish something that we can never accomplish on our own. And let's, th- I mean, let's just think about this. Um, how many people, when you walked in here this morning, you checked your seat to make sure it would hold together? As a sophomore in high school, chemistry class, my friends who were no longer my friends thought it would be funny, and it wasn't funny, to undo the screws on the bottom of those blue school chairs, you know? Um, so I walk in late as always, go to sit down, the teacher's already teaching, sit down, the chair just blows up and I land on my booty, right? Do you think I checked chairs after that? Yeah. Why? Because I'd grown up for 16 years having trust, having faith that a chair will always support me. You let one chair fall apart, and what do I do? I lose faith. I lose trust. So when we talk about faith, it literally means complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So if faith is the only way for us to do what is required uh, from Christ for our lives, that means we have to have complete trust in him. So how does this trust come about? How does this trust come about? Uh, anyone dated anyone before? Any, anybody? What is the purpose of dating? To, to get married, right? And what is the key component of that? Can I trust this person? So there's a season of dating where you're trying to figure out, can I trust you? Can I have faith in you? Where's David Tomey? Uh, David Tomey is buying a townhome, right? What are you in right now? Due diligence, right? Oh, okay. Well, then you're done. Uh, He was in due diligence. If you ever purchase a home, the whole process of due diligence is what? You explore and can I trust this house? You hire an inspector. You go check it out. You bring your family and friends into this home. Can I trust it? Do I have faith in this house? So when we talk about faith, complete trust in him, if the only way we can accomplish the great commission, the great commandment, all that God has asked us is found only in faith in him, then are we spending enough time with him to figure out if we can trust him or not? That that is where faith is developed. It's not white-knuckling, I can do this on my own, but it's walking in a relationship with him to decide if you can trust him or not. If you have faith in him, it's only developed over time through a relationship. And we'll see this in verse 7, which sounds, I'm just going to be honest, verse 7 sounds crazy of this little illustration that he gives, but it makes a ton of sense. Verse 7, will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? Verse 10 is how, where Jesus brings it together. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We've only done what is our duty. So faith, where does this faith come from? Spending time with the Father. But we have to understand our role in spending time with the Father. We have to understand that if we put ourselves in the same position as God, that we are equals with him, then there's no faith that's going to be developed. And what this looks like is us putting faith in ourselves. That we have major decisions when, when stress is entering, even not even that, just the day-to-day operations of our life. Who are we listening to more, God or ourselves? 
Who do we put more trust in? His choice for us, his words for us, or our trust and our words for ourselves? That we put, listen, you have to understand this. We have faith. We are people of faith. Whether you're religious or not, you have faith. The idea is where are you placing this faith? Do you think you know what's best for you and therefore you make the decisions for your life? What is that? Complete trust in someone or something yourself. So we are choosing then where do we place our faith, but we are putting faith in something or someone. For a lot of us, it might be our significant other, but for the majority of us, it's ourselves. That we are constantly putting faith in ourselves that we know more than God does. And so what this illustration this, uh, of the slave and the owners is representing for us is for us to have true and complete faith, we have to know our role in the kingdom. That nothing is up to us. I mean, let's just think about this. Does anyone choose to be born? No? No? Anyone choose what time frame you were born in? Like, did you choose to be a millennial? Who would have chosen that? Right? Did you choose to live in America? I mean, we could even go further. Did you choose to have the skill sets and the personality that you possess now? I mean, some of you guys I've seen you are incredible athletes. Some of you aren't. Just fair, right? But it's not for a lack of trying or lack of practice. You just have two left feet. Agility is not your middle name, right? I mean, that was what my high school coach, when I got cut from baseball, he said, brother, you're, you're just not agile enough. I'm like, well, okay. You're a jerk, but fair enough. But he's right. Like, I mean, at some level, you have these, we're just not made for this. So we didn't choose when we were born, how we were born, where we were born, our skill sets. Did we even, and we can, this is a whole other subject, um, but did we choose God? So as we're walking through this, we have to understand that, that we are constantly the younger brother. We are constantly, we are not God. All of this, we get to enjoy this. But if I were to say, okay, can someone make a tree for me right now? Anyone can do it? No. So when we really take a step back and look at the beautiful of the beauty of the universe, look at the clouds, the sky, the trees today, and we would say to God, and we would never admit to this, but this is what we're doing when we place faith in ourselves. Even though you've created all of this, God, I know more than you. So when we walk into the room with this illustration that Jesus makes, when we are clearly the slave, we are clearly um, the one that knows nothing that just works. We need to know our role. Because if we're not careful, we're going to walk in demanding that we know what God knows. And we see this sin all the way back in the first sin of Genesis. Adam and Eve thought that they could be God by eating this fruit. So where does faith come from? It comes from making sure we know our roles. We are not God. We're not designed to be. You're not designed to be your own God. So when we put trust in ourselves, we put faith in ourselves, it's going to fail. It's not going to work out for us. But the key is, that is the beauty of the gospel. Flip with me to Galatians 2, 19 through 20. And I'm almost done. Can you all believe this? Shortest sermon ever. This day keeps getting better and better. Galatians 2, verse 19. Nineteen through twenty. For through the law I died to the law, 
that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does it mean if if the apostle said, Jesus, you have to increase our faith. You have to do this for us. Then Galatians outlines exactly what this means. That we have to realize that we were crucified with Christ. It's no longer us that live, it's Christ that lives in me. So I'm not going to listen to myself. I'm not going to trust my own judgment. I have thoughts in my mind that if I actually acted out, I'd be in prison. What, not you guys? Don't act like, don't give me those looks, right? When someone cuts you off in traffic, do you not want to harm someone? I mean, there's a reason we planted church in Dahlonega and not Atlanta, because I would have already shot a brother and it would have been done, (laughs) right? I mean, two red lights in a town is way better than, anyways. Never mind. So we have to realize then, if we want to have faith, if this is what's required of us, we've got to quit looking inward. We've got to look to the Father. This is what it means for us to have faith. One of my mentors says this line over and over again, and just drives me crazy because he's always right. Um, you know, like just parents and all that, they just harp the same thing, and at first you hate it, and then 10 years later you're like, oh, gosh, you were right. So here's what he says. Time and truth go hand in hand. Time and truth go hand in hand. So I would change it for this morning and say time and faith go hand in hand. You want your faith to be developed, it's going to take time, and you've got to understand who you're focusing on. If you're focusing on yourself, your faith will never grow. But if you're focusing on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, over time your faith will grow, your faith will develop, it will blossom into a beautiful thing. And one day we will just be true sons and daughters of faith. That we can tell the mulberry tree to get in the pond because we trust God that much. That there's been enough relationship between us and the Father that we know him and we can rest in him that so here's my question for us this morning as we start to chew on, on this. Uh, it, it's really quite simple. If you long for more faith, my immediate question is where are you placing that faith? Who are you trusting in? Because that, that is where your faith either develops or dies. It's as simple as that. Increase our faith, Jesus. And if the way that we go about that is focusing on ourselves, And us white-knuckling to grow our faith, brothers and sisters, it'll never happen. But if we trust in the Father, if we set our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, if we realize that we have been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, that Christ who lives in me. If we understand Ephesians 2, that we are saved by grace through faith, and this faith is not of our own doing, it's a gift from God so that no one can boast. If we understand where faith comes from, it really makes it easy to place our faith in Him. So this morning... Where is your faith? I mean, think about the hard times in your life. Think about the struggles, the things that you're constantly doubting and wrestling with. And in that decision, where's your faith? Who is up? Who is it for? Why is this happening to you? If those are the thoughts going through your mind, then the faith is probably not there. But if you trust in the Father that he knows what's good for you, then your faith will be increased. So as you guys know, that, that, that we are sending out at the end of May, Kyle and Jen and um, uh, what's your name? Madeline, sorry. <laughs> uh, no offense. I was, it was coming to me. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, Madeline and uh, now her name is really forgetting me. 
Mackenzie, there it goes. All these M's, whatever. Going to Milledgeville, there's another M. Um, we're sending these guys out to go plant a church. And so, so here's what I'm going to do. Kyle, come up here with me real quick. Uh, we're going to let Kyle share in a moment about some Milledgeville things. But, uh, but here's what I've just been praying for for you guys, that, that it's going to be easy for you to put faith in yourself. That it's going to be easy for you, as it was for us, to say, if we're going to grow the church, if this thing's going to take place, it's going to be up to you, right? You're the pastor. You're the leader. That, that Teamwork. If you want to be a church planner, you got to have reflexes. Just saying. Yeah, yeah right? Coach Long, tell me I don't have agility. What was that? Um, <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Thank you. That makes me feel so good. I'm going to call him like, today. Uh, so anyway, it's gonna, your faith is going to become inward focused. That you're going to feel like it's only up to you, that if you don't do this, who will? And so um, Proverbs, no one wants to get saved today, 26,000. Um, here's, here's just a verse I'm going to read over you, Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. My son, not that you're my son. That would be weird. <laughs> Sorry. Serious. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of life, peace and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet on your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. How does this take place? Verse 5 Trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So the temptation for you, Kyle, as you're going down to Milledgeville, is, is you're going to put your faith in yourself. You're going to trust in yourself. Um, and so I want to do something maybe uh, hypocritical, uh, but it's not. Trust me. Um, I, I know for you the the Lord has given you words of affirmation. It's your gift. That's, the, that's what encourages you. And so in a moment, I'm going to open it up. We're going to pass a mic around um, because this is going to be a podcast that I want Kyle to have in the worst days um, when things are not going well, that he can come back to this podcast and listen to the affirmation of the church this morning. So we're going to have to use the microphone so it'll get on the podcast. But here's what we're affirming in you. It's not you, it's Christ in you, right? It's not you're great because you're not. It's not, it, it's, it's totally what we read in Galatians, that if there's any goodness, it's you, it's a Christ in you. So this words of affirmation, this encouragement for you before we pray over you to send you to Milledgeville is simply this, Christ in you will succeed, you and you will fail. So faith in Christ is what's going to lead you, it's what's going to take care of you. Whether the church succeeds or not, who cares at that point? If you're being faithful to the one who is faithful to you, which is Christ, that's all that matters. And so I want to open up to the congregation um, just of encouragement, words of affirmation for Kyle so that he can be encouraged and, and uh, be ready to go. Because I, don't, I, I know what this brother is feeling, getting ready to move to a town where you know no one um, and getting ready to start a church from scratch. And so I thought this morning just to encourage his faith, um, we could encourage him. So uh, we'll pass this microphone around. If you just want to stand up, I will bring it to you, test. Oh, that's dumb. I'm wearing a microphone. Test. There it is. So, uh, yes. stop. Don't even. Um, so I will pass this around, and we can just encourage Kyle, and then we'll bring him, uh, bring everyone up at the end, just to pray over him. But, but who has any affirmation, words of affirmation for Kyle? Boom. <laughs> Sorry, I feel funny starting this, but that's okay. 
Um, this is something that's really just been on my heart for a long time that I wanted to tell you, and I feel like I haven't really been able to, but here we are. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know how much you guys like all know this, but last semester was really hard for me. Like I lost my grandparents and a whole bunch of other stuff, and it was just terrible. <laughs> um, and I was feeling really bad. And last summer, Kyle called me and was like, hey, I want you to be a part of our leadership team on the MC. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, I am a mess. Like, I do not know what's going on. Um, but like, Kyle, you was just you were like everyone's mess. Like you can do this. Like I believe in you. Um, and through that time, like I really just felt like my life was falling apart. But that you called out so much like leadership in me that I had never seen, and that even um, you put me in this like priestly role for caring for people. And like I know that was inside me, but not nearly as much. Um, and that when you put me there, I fell in love with that role. And like you can like with my DNA, like they are my life. <laughs> um, and just being able to love on like on people and take care of them and that and that it was something that was inside me, but something that I like never saw um, until that you like affirmed that in me. Um, and that I, I was really struggling and connecting with God and just like going through all the pain that I was like I was having so much trouble seeing outside myself. Um, but then when you called me to that place, like it was so much healing, um, being able to relate to other people and their pain and just be like, we're in this together, like we're all a mess. And that, that has been like so cool for me and like has been such healing. And so I just wanted to thank you so much for, you know, doing that for me. <laughs> all right. Hello, Kyle. Um, so, yes. Should I say my name? I'm Sam. Um, <laughs> I'm Kyle. Okay. Oh, this is gonna be on podcast. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> Kyle. Um. Wow. So I just want to let you know that the Lord's just used you in so many ways in my life. Um. When I think about it, you were the first person that, um, I really met from the branch, and you were willing to meet with me at Starbucks and talk about exactly like what the branch believes in and and what you personally believe in and how you've grown in your faith. And so that was just really big that you would take that time to be intentional. Um, and that's one of the very uh, great qualities about you that I think God's um, definitely going to grow in Milledgeville is your intentionality. Um, you are very intentional with people. You are very intentional with your time. And I know that um, as you go forth into a church plant, he's just going to um, grow you more in that and show you how to to use that intentionality, but also to be intentional in the way that you rest. Um, and I just think that like as you go forth, like it's going to be very, very important that you continue resting um, and make time. Um, and, and to like guard that Sabbath, you know, don't let anything steal your rest. Don't let the church plant steal your rest. Um, and so another big thing is that I just, um, am always encouraged. You have such a gift of, of seeing other people's gifts and calling them out. And I think that's something that's really big. And, um, that's also the way that the Lord's just going to use you down there. And I'm so excited. Um, I am just so encouraged by your faith, um, by your willingness and by your trust to go forth and, um, and to make disciples, and to love on the Lord in Milledgeville, and to love on the people there in Milledgeville, and so um, I am really looking forward to what um, you and your wife, and what the church is going to look like, um, what it's going to be like, um, and so yeah, I'm just so encouraged. Thank you. Wait, where? Oh, rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sit because I'm in a boot. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really, we didn't really interact before the second semester, and I kind of expressed an interest in going down to Milledgeville, and I didn't really know anybody. I knew the people that I went with, but it was still, um, I have a hard time going into situations that I'm not comfortable in. Praise God, he's working on that. Um, 
but you managed to make every one of every one of us feel so welcomed um, within that community and I can just see how you've been doing that in Milledgeville and that's so encouraging um, and also like you're an emotional man yes <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid Reach to <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't be afraid to show your emotion because that's very um, very touching that the Lord's um, created within you a confidence um, in him to be able to express how he's making you feel. And that's really powerful, and it should be encouraging for everybody else as well. So keep it up. Thanks. Actually, if you do it right here. <laughs> really? Sh show of hands. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Samantha, too. I thought you just couldn't see me. I didn't realize somebody else had, so, so I, was, I did that. That was weird. Um, I think uh, Samantha hit the nail on the head uh, when she said Kyle was intentional. She says, uh, you're intentional. And uh, that really became evident to me. I known you kind of on the peripheral. You know, we kind of had some laughs, you know, uh, here, here and there. But uh, I've really gotten to know you over the last couple of weeks going down to Milledgeville and uh, praying about that through that process. But uh, I remember back in February, I made a post uh which I always do uh, about my, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, uh, about my dad. Um, so every year uh, on his birthday since he's passed, I make a post about him. And um, I didn't realize that uh, Kyle and Jen had gotten some devastating news themselves. Um, uh, and uh, he took the time. Uh, he saw my post and he sent me a message um, telling me that he loved me. Now he's praying for me. And um, in, in retrospect, knowing that he was um, willing to, and you know, I can't imagine how much of his energy had already been expended uh, in, in, in grief and in the pain of that process. And he still found time to, to notice my pain and speak life into that. I think that's really indicative of the, of the character that God's placed in you and uh, also to your obedience uh, to God in general um, to, to, to follow him that closely. And, uh, you know, uh, whatever happens, you know, with Millsville, you know, you've got my full support. Whatever I can do, you know that. And, uh, man, it's been a blessing just getting to know you and uh, kind of get close to you these last couple of weeks. And uh, I love you and Jen both, and I'll do whatever I can to help you guys. And uh, so um, I'm so confident, having met with, you know, Tyler and Bailey, I'm so confident, um, you know, that you know, they're being led by someone whose heart is in the right place. You're a genuine guy, like people have said. And there's a reason that that's a, that's a sentiment among everyone, because it's true, and we see it. And it's indicative in the things and how uh, and and how you treat people and how you live your life. So appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Thanks. Hey, Kyle. You know, I'm just getting to know you really in the last you know few months here. But uh, um, what I've gotten to know about you is you're a guy that loves loves the word. And that your heart is to be faithful to that. And uh, as we were th thinking about things to, to share, 2 Timothy 4, uh, 1 through 5 says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to be judge, is to, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Repute, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great, great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, 
and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Don't lose confidence that you carry the truth when you preach. That that is enough to grow a church. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, brother. You carry, you carry the good news, and this will work. And in this ministry thing that we've been a part of, and if you watch, there's a lot of people that run around like chickens with their head cut off saying, I've got the solution, I've got the solution, I've got the solution. That's the solution. Jesus Christ is the solution. And I know, and I say that to you because I know that you know that and you believe that. And when the times come that are hard and you're wondering why I have 10 people here or five people there or whatever that is, stay faithful to this and faithful to him. And that will honor him and he'll do with it what he's going to do with it. Love you, brother. You go, Ricky. See? You're not going to go. No. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? They're Kleenex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's only fitting that the weird thing happened when it was my turn, so <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Hi. Hey. So. Sorry, this one's going to be weird because, like, I can't feel my heart. It's beating really fast, so we're just going to go. Um, being the English teacher, everyone's given kind of points about you, and so now I'm just going to give you an example using your evidence back up the argument, you know. There you go. So um, this one is just for you can listen to this in the podcast whenever you do feel like nothing's working because I'm just going to tell you how the Lord has worked through you in my life. I'm too tired for this, so I may cry. If you can't understand this, just text me, and I'll send you a transcript of what I said. <laughs> so <laughs> um, when I moved up here two years ago, this is the second time that in my life that I moved somewhere. When I, I, I went to school in Millersville, and I went, and I had no friends, and it was suckish. And so then I moved up here, and once again, I had no friends. And then just something moved me to walk into Restoration Hardware, and I ended up getting a part-time job there, and then I met this really cool manager named Kyle, he was cool because he was like the only manager that didn't really care about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so he still had rules, but you could get away with more stuff. <laughs> but we just kind of hit it off, and he was just an awesome guy. And I could, like, the first thing I noticed about you was your faith and just how intentional you were. Like, every conversation we had ended up going somewhere great. And then you were like, hey, I have these hangout nights at my house. You should come. Well, actually, no, it was Michael who invited me first. But then. <laughs> And then Kyle actually did invite me, and I started going to the missional community when it used to be on Wednesdays, and that was before I could come to church, and then finally I came to church, and every time I was nervous because I didn't know anybody, you would just be there with this, the biggest smile on your face, and you'd give me a hug, and no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. You'd give me a hug, and you'd be like, here, have you met this person, or have you met this person? You should go sit with this person. And now here we are two years later, and I know so many people here. No. <laughs> but none of it would have happened without you. So anytime you feel like, see, I'm sorry, it's squeaky. <laughs> anytime you feel like nothing's going right, 
that's okay because there's somewhere somewhere out there where it is and everything is going right for them. I guess every time, like they said, you're just so aware of what everyone around you needs. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. You're just so aware. And so you don't have to think about it. Just be you. Just be who the Lord has called you to be. And you're going to be that person for somebody because you are that person for me. So I love you. Hello, Kyle. Hey, Ricky. This is Ricky speaking. <laughs> yeah, so many people have said so many nice things about you. I feel like we have to have something else in. Like, you're skinny and pale, so just remember <laughs> that. Yes! <laughs> um, I've known you for a while. Um, you also were some of the first people that Laura and I met um, at the branch. Um, we've had some times. Um, you taught me what gap insurance was. Thank you for that. Um, you've introduced me to every board game I know. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, now that it's been, I don't know, like we know you like three or four years now at this point, and I, um, you're not my friend. You're not. You're not cool enough to be my friend. Um, but you are my brother. Um, abs absolutely. Um, you and Jen are my family. Um, and the thing that I've learned from you, you know, if, if another thing you've taught me is that not all type A people are losers. Um, <laughs> I know you will listen to this podcast. I know you will have transcripts of everything that everyone says. They will be color-coded and there will be charts that go along with it. You'll have notes for meetings after tomorrow. We're going to break this down. You'll have already read it all because um, that's the type of person you are. Uh, you have never once stopped from the moment I met you. Um, you have never given up on a single thing that I think you've ever put your mind to. Um, you are the most teachable and insatiable person I've ever met, uh, almost to a fault. Um, and it's something that I respect about you more um, than most people that I see. You know, you, you again, you listen. Uh, you are teachable. Um, I think it is part of the reason why you are constantly researching and constantly looking in because you're constantly trying to better yourself. Um, so I know that when you are listening to this two years down the road, it's going to be because you're looking for the answer to something uh, and you're stressed out. And so I'm going to tell you now, like, chill out, take a breath, go play golf or something. Um, and I know you'll figure it out because um, I've never seen you give up on anything else. Um, I... I don't have to even just trust that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do well. I, I know it. Um, I have complete and total faith. Uh, the Lord has used you and Jen uh, in this, and you're gonna be the same Kyle um, in Milledgeville as you were here. Um, they'll all love you. They'll all be annoyed as I'll get out by you, um, and you'll be too skinny and pale there too. Uh, I love you, buddy. I'll bring it to you. I promise. He was closer. Yeah, that will say that. <laughs> okay, I guess I should stand like everyone else has. Hi, Kyle. Hi. Well, I think everyone said things very well, and um, you are, you are so compassionate, Kyle. You're so humble. You have this humble confidence about you that only comes from the Lord, and I think that's something that anyone who's ever met you notices pretty immediately. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say because everyone said things really well. Um, 
yeah, you're being prayed for, and you're very loved here, and um, it's been a huge blessing to see you shepherd so many people here so well, and confident that you're going to do that um, in Milledgeville, too, so yeah, we're praying for you, and we love you a lot. Okay, Dylan, the sister here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kyle, how are you? Hey, Dylan. Um, I just want to Man, it's, it's been awesome getting to know you over the past couple of years, especially this last year. Um, it's been come, being an intern and getting to be around you more. Um, and it's just been awesome to see your growth, like, all the way through, like, since I came on the branch um, a couple of years ago. Um, seeing your leadership ability develop and grow, like, from Sunday mornings from – if y'all don't know, Kyle has, like, had every hat you can wear in the branch, I think, except for maybe, like, children. Except for maybe, like, children or something, and he's excelled at all of them. Um, and it's just been awesome to see you grow in all those aspects. And that's really just, I mean, as a testament to you and, and who you are and who God and, and God's work in you. Um, because through that, you've, God's given you those, all those abilities and, um, training and experiences. So now that you, when you go out and here soon, like you've, you've at least seen some of all that, some of all those aspects of, of the branch and what ministry looks like. And, um, and also just hearing you preach, like from first time I ever heard you preach until a few weeks ago, like, just watching your growth in that and God using you uh, just to preach the word. Like, um, I, I know there's there's a lot of things that I've gotten um, from you preaching the word and, and from us, you know, commu uh, communicating all the way back from when you mentored Macy and Anna and I for MC and stuff and coaching and stuff like that. Like, uh, so that was good. But I just want to lift you up, man. Like, it's been awesome to just see all of your growth and your leadership and then uh, just your ability to preach the word, everything. Like, it's, it's really been awesome. Um, to just see God grooming you to send you out and but just keep the faith man like you're awesome so I knew you two years before I knew you because Gabe would come to me and we would church plant talk each other and Gabe would say a couple things he goes I got this guy working for me named Kyle and I'm trying to figure him out and so it was beautiful in a sense because he was processing how to lead as a leader. He was processing how to lead. You were processing how to lead. And it was this beautiful mess. We talked about that earlier. It's a beautiful mess. That's ministry. You can org chart it all you want to, brother. You can organize it to a T. It is a mess because people are involved. And when you minister to people, it is a mess. And it, but Kyle, you navigate it beautifully. The compassion that you have. When I first actually got a chance to meet you, I, I, it was funny because I'm taking all the stuff in from what Gabe had talked about and what we prayed through. And I'm like, yeah, he's a hot mess. <laughs> but he's a great guy. And everything that Gabe said was true. Great guy. Wonderful heart. One of the greatest learners he's ever met. And you have transitioned and transpired for that. I want to share something with you from a failed church planner the greatest lessons you learn in life are not successes they are failures because when you have a failure you learn from it very quickly you learn what you did wrong or what happened and then from there you process what to do from that that's when you org chart it and when you make those mistakes when you make those messes it's not the end it's the beginning of something new and I want to read you a Kairos moment I had 15 years ago in ministry from Colossians, it says this, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh as I'm filled up, or filling up, what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of its body, 
That is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now is revealed to his saints. To them God made, or God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For I toil, struggling with all energy, that Christ powerfully works within me. That is our call in ministry. And you do it so well. You understand it is Christ in you, which is your hope. It is not your ability. Hey, guys, everybody here has talked about how great of a leader Kyle is. Kyle, how great of a leader are you? Yeah, exactly. Everybody who thinks they're a great leader is a terrible leader. Everybody who thinks they're a terrible leader, God generally tends that humility to use that to make you a great leader. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep failing. Keep flailing. <laughs> and in that, God is glorified. What you do in Milledgeville, God's already got preordained. He knows what's going to happen. Trust in him. And walk in that. We love you, brother. Thanks for working with me. I get you, Max Matthew. Kyle, we Sherry and I knew you before the branch was even just a twig. I think when you used to come to TCAD, when we were going to TCAD, and one of the things that always impressed us about you was to be a college kid, and you are a college kid because when you're our age, you're either old or you're a college kid. There are no 30s or 40s. Everybody's either a college kid or they're our age. Um, the depth and maturity in your faith and the way you spoke was very impressive. Um, we were always convinced that you'd be the one leading the church, even before Gabe, I think, kind of stepped up. We thought that you'd be heading that direction. Um, not that he's better than Gabe or anything. It just he seemed like that that was a, a path that he'd already set upon at that time. Um, and then, you know, we got to know you a little better. I played golf with you. Found out you were a Georgia fan and an Alabama fan, and I knew I found a mission field at that point. Because <laughs> the devil was obviously pulling on you. Hopefully we've been able to make some inroads on the, in that path, but we certainly will be praying for you and we'll miss you guys. And um, I know you and Jen are looking f forward to going down there and getting a fresh start and seeing what God has planned for you. We certainly wish you the best. Um, Kyle, I've, I've known you for a little while now. Um, I knew you before you were married. Um, not long, it was a few weeks, but um, it was still before that. And I remember sitting at, at Gabe's house and was new to everything, the branch. And, uh, and hopefully this is something like Ricky was saying, you can kind of look back and laugh on. I had no idea how in the world you were going to marry Jen. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? This is like, what? And, but since then, I've come to understand why, and it's everything that everybody said. It's your humility, the way you care about everybody, regardless of what season you're in. And, like, uh, you really do lead well. Um, and it's like from what Mike was saying, that's because you know the truth, and you have the truth in you, and you live it out daily. Um, I think Jess said it well. Um, like, you have been that person for so many people that truly do reach out and care 
and are intentional um, when they need it the most. Whether we know it or not, you're always there. Um, your words of affirmation for me and just um, and really getting to know you the past year, year and a half has been great. Um, we will play golf in Milledgeville. Um, that will happen, and hopefully we still stay in touch and get together. Um, man, I love you. Uh, hate to see you go, but looking forward to what the Lord has in store for you. Carlton's already said it, like, man, the Lord's already ordained Milledgeville, um, and just walk in it, because you're going you're gonna to kill it. So, love you, brother. Hey, Kyle. Um, I was just thinking back to I met you the weekend before you got married, and so that was really cool. So I did know you before you got married. Um, but anyways, just spending the first year in MC with you, coming to your house, and like you and Jen just loving on me, and um, just being a part of missional community like with you, and um, just figuring out this like new way of church, and just like just it's just been really cool. And then serving with you um, so closely the past couple years has just been incredible, and I've just been able to see. Um, just your leadership and how you serve so well and that you just are a faithful servant and um, just really thankful for that and that you really do care about like making it well and doing details but you also like more than that care about people and so we're just really thankful for that we're, we really are sad to see you go but we're really excited about um, how the Lord really has equipped you and he has like he has equipped you for this um, for this task, and we're just really excited to see what he's going to do in Milledgeville. So. Um, the first time I came to the branch, I actually got to hear you speak, which was really funny way back then, because um, I did not like the branch, and the Lord really was working on my heart. Um, but I'm so thankful um, because I didn't know I didn't know you very well back then, and it's really taken until this year to really get to know you. And working on the same team as you and being a um, co-leader together has been a joy. Um, it's not at all what I had expected um, or had prayed for. Um, and I'm very thankful that the Lord knows better, though, because um, not only are you a hard worker, and we I really enjoy just watching the way you lead and the way you're so humble and the way that you do things without being seen um, really says a lot about your character. Um, and I've grown in that way of um, just seeing that those things are more important um, than recognition for ourselves. And I think that humility will serve you very well in Milledgeville. And I know that on paper, you guys are set up so well. But um, the real reason I love you guys so much is because you've been not just like a a mentor, but you've become my friend, and um, I remember last fall, we were both wrestling with some things, and just looking with you, and being like, is the Lord good, because things are falling apart for both of us, and you were one of the only people that really knew that, and knew where you guys were struggling, and is the Lord good, and um, I'm so thankful that he is, um, and we didn't even know how harder it was going to get, and getting to cry with you and Jen through some seasons, and walk through difficulty, and um, even the joy of Milledgeville, but the fear that comes with that, um, and the hurt that comes with, like, you guys leaving will be hard, um, and what's coming up may be even more difficult, because, like, the Lord promises um, that you're going to be sent out as a sheep among wolves, um, and Milledgeville may be one of the hardest things that you walk into, um, but the Lord is so faithful, and I'm so thankful that I got to walk through that season of learning that about the Lord with you, um, that you're someone who poured in truth in my life and has served as such a friend. Um, you lead your wife well, 
um, you submit to people well, um, but I know more importantly where your heart is with the Lord and that um, that your faith is in him, um, even no matter what your circumstances are, and I'm very encouraged by that. I will miss you um, having that, um, but I know that what you're doing it has eternal value, and that's more important, and we couldn't hold you here because I'm glad that the Lord has purpose for that, and so um, just thankful to have known you and to you actually be my friend in all those sort of ways, but um, you'll be loved and prayed for um, from all of us, and so just thank you. Hey, Kyle. Um, it's Matthew for the podcast. Um, you've been uh, one of my best friends for the past like four years, I guess. Um, from the first night that you and Jen showed up to TCAD before we were even a church, um, just sitting around those tables, uh, I knew then that you were somebody that people would follow. Um, just from the way that you carried yourself, uh, the questions that you were grilling Gabe with on uh, and who we are and what we believe and um, knowing that you, you think clearly, you speak articulately, um, that there's a, that's a skill set of leadership um, that you have. You, like, that's something that, that I could tell from the very beginning. Um, but then uh, joining DNA with you and doing that for the past uh, three years, I don't know, something like that, um, meeting with you and Caleb almost every week and talking about all of our feelings and you know <laughs> all that stuff. Um, you have grown to become... Uh, one of my best friends, and like Ricky said earlier, you're like a brother to me, and always will be. Um, love you, and, and I think it's indicative how many people that have to fight for the microphone here, that um, your greatest strength is not your leadership ability, but your heart for people. Um, that that's what shows, and that's what um, will, as a pastor and as a leader of people, caring for people, I think is going to be your greatest asset. Um, I could I could talk for a long time about memories and whatever, um, but we will continue to make those together. Um, it, it will be tough with you going to Milledgeville. won't lie about that. Um, but uh, thankful to see you going, thankful to see uh, how the Lord has prepared you and how the Lord has equipped you for this. Um, you're, you're ready to go. And um, I have no doubt that you're going to do an amazing job. Um, so love you and want to encourage you in that. Hey Kyle, this is my nightmare because all of you are looking at me, but I love you more than these people looking at me. Um, but you were my first friend when I came to the branch. Um, I don't want to cry, but I'm going to. It's fine. Yeah, you were just my first friend because um, the church I was at before I ran sound, and then when I came here, that was kind of like where I just fit in naturally because apparently like you were running sound and you hated it and you guys started a hashtag like free Kyle or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I remember. And so I started, um, you started training me on like how you guys set up and immediately um, I just realized that you were the biggest dork and you owned it the best because you were telling me how to set up with a British accent. And uh, immediately I was like, this guy is now my friend and I want to stay at the branch because people are weird like me and I love it. Um, and that's like, I think what's going to make you the best pastor is because you're really dorky and you're really, you are like you're dorky and you're weird. And I've never met like, I love Gabe, I've known him for a long time, but he's like a cool weird, but you're just like a, you're just like, you're like a dorky weird. And so like, 
I think that's like a super like you're gonna just attract the people who don't get seen, and so you're like a pastor for the misfits, and I think that's something that most people like. That's something that like the world really needs right now, um, and I think you're gonna do really really great in Milledgeville, and I think that's like the Lord's made you weird for a reason, and like He's made you to like board games and to like like care for people through data like that because that's he does like he wants to know like all of your birthdays he wants to like collect all this information about people so that way he can love them better and that's like I don't know that's just really amazing and I think because like of your heart for people and like your humbleness and like the way that you're relatable to everybody um because you're not super cool or hip or anything like that it's you're gonna be the most effective that way um I love you Kyle, you don't know me, and I really don't know you that well, but just being here today has given me an opportunity to learn so much more about you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jennifer's dad. Uh, Jennifer and Rob are very precious to me, and we try to come up and spend time from Statesboro as often as we can. And I kind of look back and remember, I believe you had a lot to do with that board that kept trying to fall down behind you. And uh, I'll never forget when I first saw that board, I thought, who in the world would take time to put all those lines on a board just to demonstrate what y'all were demonstrating? But what I didn't know then, I've grown to realize now, that you have a very, very strong, compassionate heart for the love of Christ. And I've heard it spoken over and over and over again this morning. And brother, that witness, that testimony is something that I hope you will carry from here today and never forget. God has given you a heart to love on people. And you know, he said, the greatest of these is love. Wisdom is supreme and there's wisdom to be gained in the word of God. So I challenge you to stay there daily, but don't ever get so busy, so active, so involved, so deeply entrenched in the doing to forget about that love that he's grown in your heart. I guess I'm probably one of the oldest people in this room. I'll be 69 in June. Um, Linda and I have been married 48 years this coming August. I challenge you because I made these mistakes early in our marriage. Don't let your ministry get ahead of your relationship with your bride. Don't let your ministry get ahead of your relationship with your children and your future children. But continue, brother, to always remember no matter where you're at, no matter how unsuccessful it may seem. A very prominent songwriter once shared this with us when we were dealing with a severely handicapped child. When you can't see his hand, trust his heart, and you'll do fine. God bless you, brother.
Hi, I'm Madeline. I'm moving to Milledgeville. Um, <laughs> so I was flipping through trying to find scripture that could be used as an encouragement um, because I know that when we get there, it's going to be hard. Um, and one of the ones that came to me was um, just Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Um, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer, for his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. Uh, he shall be like a tree uh, that does not wither. Um, and so just like as an encouragement as we go, like we are planted in um, the gospel, and as long as we continue to be planted in the gospel, he will be prosperous. Um, as long as we continue to seek after him above anything else, he will be prosperous. And so just as an, an encouragement, just to remember like why we're doing what we're doing when it's hard, when it seems like nothing's going the right way, when we feel like discouragement because of um, whether it be that just like people aren't coming or nothing's going right or whatever the case may be, even in the little things, like as long as we are planted in who he is, he will be glorified and that's what matters long term. So um, I know that going into ministry is hard, so, um, but he is glorified and that is what matters overall. There's unlimited stories I feel like I could talk about here. But I'm just going to bring up one. I think it's the first time I ever met you, and the first like, words we spoke is after the first um, you know, meeting of a church we had. And it was Gabe was talking about MCs and said, you were hitting one up, and you know, I want to talk to you. And I came up to you and said, hi, Kyle. He's, you know, I'm Caleb. I'd like to talk to you. And he's like, well, I would love to, but I'm trying to find my wife is how you responded to me. And my satiricalness responded, well, I'm trying to find one, too. <laughs> but for all the years and all the, you know, you opened up your house and we really got to connect. And that's one point is you never know how well you're going to connect until you put in the effort and you were willing to put in the effort. But the first words you spoke to me is, I'm trying to find my wife. And for all the no years I've known you, that's always been on your heart is you're trying to find your wife. You know, she's always in the next room, but you need to keep, you've always pursued her, and you've always looked after her, and you've always been trying to look after her. And you know that it's your wife, your ministry, then you, in that order. And you've always kept that priority straight, and that's something you're going to continue to do, and that's going to give you the best dividends, as we've already heard. And just keep that priority straight, and we're always here for you, to support you, and listen to you because you're a verbal processor. <laughs> and we're all here for you, and we all support you. Every day, get up and say, I am his workmanship. Then remember, he was a carpenter. He loves sandpaper. Um, good night. <laughs> Uh, I'm in this weird place of like, I deeply, Gabe was so right, like I need verbal affirmation, but I don't know how to take compliments. So this is kind of like, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, someone please tell me how skinny I am again. Because um, in, in 20 years, in 20 years when I'm like 50 pounds over pound, uh, overweight, I'm going to need this. So 
good memories. But um, I just wanted to start by saying uh, that God is so good. Um, the only reason why we're even standing here today uh, is because of his glory, um, that he is fierce for it and just humbled that I even get to stand here before you guys. So as as we go out to Milledgeville, um, just if you guys could be uh, in prayer for us as we're going down, um, as the Lord, I still believe, is not done raising up people from here uh, that he wants to see go down with us. Uh, but as we go down, uh, primarily for my wife and I and our ministry, that I would keep her first. Um, but then as we minister, like so many of you guys encouraged to keep Christ, that this is his church that he's building, I'm just humbled to be a part of it. So, um, But I just want to stop and say thank you to all of you guys. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've heard it described as gospel goodbyes. Uh, I know the Lord is calling us to Milledgeville. Uh, this is home, um, and I know it always will be, but I'm going to, yeah, as much as the data, like structures, that kind of stuff, yeah, whatever, uh, but I will miss you guys. Uh, I will miss the conversations. Uh, I will miss Ricky insulting me. Uh, I'll miss just being able to sit and grab coffee with you guys um, just to hear. I'll miss my missional community. Caleb, Mass, Matt, I'll miss you guys and our DNA. Um, but Gabe, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I had no business in ministry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you patiently um, led me and equipped me and let me make mistakes and gave me opportunities um, and put me here. Um, it's just a testament that as Christ has built his church here, God, that you have this vision that you're so obedient to the Lord that we would go. Um, and for your help in this process of everything you've already done and everything I know, the conversations we have, um, I tell you, man, it's, it's been invaluable to me. And I've learned so much from you. Um, so thank you. Just let me serve alongside of you in this. It's, it's truly been an honor. So, um, but <laughs> it just feels weird that it's coming to this point where it feels like it's coming to an end. And I just want to say that we love you guys. Um, and I know you guys have been sitting out here for a long time and you guys have been super patient. So, uh, I I'll, I'll pray for us. And I think Gabe's going to come back up. No, you won't. Stop. <sighs> You're not I tried to get out of it. I tried. I've already been. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So what we're going to do real quick is gather and pray over Kyle, um, but I just want to say one quick thing before we do, and uh, Jeremy's going to lead that prayer. Um, there, yeah, there, <coughs> we couldn't be more opposite. Um, you're weird and skinny and pale, and uh, I'm cool and fat and handsome, and so <laughs> there's just two two totally different people. Um, <laughs> and I will be honest when I say uh, there are moments I wish you would have left in the past. Um, but that would have been my greatest failure, is giving up on you too soon. Um, you are, and I say this with love, like those little clown punching bags that, like, I destroy you with truth, and then the next day you just bounce back. Um, in the earliest days with me, you, and Matt just sitting around, majority of the time never even talking about the church, but just counseling you and growing you. And um, I am, I and the elders are not sending you out because you're good or because you can preach or because any of this. Um, we're sending you out because you understand Luke 17, 5 and where your faith comes from. You understand to increase in your faith, to grow in your wisdom and knowledge is nothing you do, but it's Christ in you. Uh, and it's on that truth that we're sending you out. Um, so so keep 
again, this is all great and encourage you in that, um, but focus on increasing your faith through Christ alone, and that's where your strength will come. Um, so I'm going to ask all of us to come up and lay hands on Kyle. Uh, Madeline, you get in here too, um, because you're going. Jeremy's going to pray for us, and then um, we will have a time of communion and worship after this. I'm skinny, so it's going to be hard to lay hands. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you just for all the all the love that you gave Kyle and all the uh, all the love that you gave us for Kyle. God, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to plant a church in Milledgeville uh, and for leading us to Kyle to be the person to do that. God, we know that there's going to be hard times. Uh, we know that there's going to be trials and tribulations, but we know that you're going to be with Kyle through all of that. And we pray that uh, that you would just show him your truth, that you would continue to uh, minister to him, and that you would continue to minister to others through him, just as we've heard he ministered to so many people here at the branch, Delonica, that you would continue to minister to all those people down in Milledgeville through him, through the branch in Milledgeville. God, we, we thank you for this time to come here and to, to fellowship. Uh, we pray that through this time that we would all be filled up with your spirit so that uh, whether we're going to Milledgeville or just uh, to different places for summer missions or whether we're going to be here for a few more years or the rest of our life, God, that you would continue to, to work through all of us and continue to send us out because that's the mission of the branch is to send people out uh, just as we're sending Kyle out today. So we thank you for your ministry. We thank you for everything that you've given us, and we pray that as Kyle goes out that you would be with him and that everyone that meets him would see that you are with him just as we here at the branch have seen how you are with him. It's your name that we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. So you guys are grabbing a seat. Uh, we're going to have one more song of worship. Um, we're going to celebrate in communion that Christ is where our faith comes from. And so as we take communion this morning, let us remember that, that by his body and by his blood, we can have faith in him. And uh, make sure you love on Kyle on uh, this afternoon. Uh, we're definitely going to miss him. Um, like I said, that, that there is a little bit of, or a key said, there's a little bit of death that happens when we send out. Um, he's going to leave a huge hole uh, for me personally, but also just for the church. And um, so make sure you love on him well. Uh, so communion will be open, one song of worship, and then we will move into baptism. Actually, let's call an audible. You want to call an audible? Uh, if you're getting baptized, come up here real quick. We'll just go straight into baptism. Sound good? Um, Caleb is talking. You getting baptized today, brother? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you're good. You love your mom well. Um, so I'll let you guys just give, oops, here we go. Um, give a brief introduction about yourself, um, and then we will pray and go go dunk you guys. Um, well, I'm Mass. I am. Um, I'm a student at UNG, all the way far away from the land of Denmark, if anyone knows where that is. Um, <laughs> 
And a little over a year ago, I would have said that everyone in here is completely crazy for believing in God and Jesus. Um, but God also knew exactly what it took to get through my thick head and put some specific people in my life and took me somewhere I needed to go. And over the summer, I found my faith. And so I'm getting baptized today to profess my love for Christ. All right, so um, I'm Drew. I go to school at UNG as well. Um, I'm from Dawsonville, so I'm like right from here. You, you kind of have me beat there. <laughs> um, I've kind of grown up in church here and there. Um, kind of struggle with my faith occasionally, um, but especially recently, I feel like it's just I've really wanted to publicly profess my faith and um, and be baptized. But I, I never wanted to do it unless I was 100% sure that it was something that I really uh, wanted to go through with, and I love what Kyle was saying earlier was, um, we wouldn't be here without God, and it just, it's so true, and it just speaks to me, and I'm just excited to be able to publicly proclaim that, especially with the branch and with Gabe, (laughs) so yeah. Hey there, I'm Caleb, you know, growing up, Actually, I was never really a part of a church, but thanks to the leadership of my mom, you know, we were all inundated with the faith and Bibles and teachings. So, we, you know, growing up, I always, you know, was considered a Christian, always, you know, had that faith alive in me. We just didn't ever do anything on Sundays. But after I graduated from college high, I, by the way, I'm a graduate of the University of North Georgia way back when. So after I graduated, I knew I wanted to plug into a church somewhere. And the first one that really reached out to me was Gabe Fruit of Branch. And, you know, I started going there, and, you know, I never considered myself, like, a full Baptist until, like, recently, and realized that this is something I want to be a part of. This is something I want to grow in, and this is where I want to plant my flag. And I'm getting baptized because I want to be a Baptist. <laughs> Boo. Love it. Uh, well, Joe has a couple announcements for us, if you want to come up and do that. Um, and she will pray us out, and then we will go down to the pond and then make sure you come up and eat all this food. Canard's going to be grilling, and we'll just hang out for the rest of the afternoon. So, uh, Joe, if you want to end us out. Hey, guys. I'm okay. I'm Joe. Um, so today we have a bunch of welcome cards. Um, you should find them on your table, and if there aren't enough, there's some in the back. Um, we would just really like you guys to fill those out if it's your first time here or if you've never filled one out before. Um, we just want to get to know you a little bit better and get to know um, how to reach out to you. Um, along with those welcome cards on the back side, there's a place for you to fill out prayer requests. The power of prayer. Can I get an amen? The power of prayer. Can I get an amen? All right. We want you to be praying for, you know, whatever you've got going on, but we want to pray for you. And so if you've got something that you're just going through or if you know someone that's going through something, just fill it out on the back of that card, and uh, we'll be praying for you through that. Um, Also, MCs. So MCs are a big part of what we do here at the branch. This is just a gathering. It's just one-third. MCs are such a great way to get involved with community. It's such a good way to just know who you're going to church with and uh, love on them. And we really want you to get um, into that. So we have one that meets on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday nights. Um, You can also find out about that back at the welcome table and sign up for one. We would really love to see you there. Um, Yeah. So also the one-for-one. So you may see these little, like, cards that say one-for-one on your table. Um, That's referring to what we want to do with the branch. So statistics show that um, it takes about 
50 people on average, 50 Christians loving on one unbeliever to make them a believer. We want to change that ratio to one for one. This uh, board behind me has the 26,000 tally marks that you may have heard um, them talking about earlier. That represents 26,000 people in a 30-minute drive of Dahlonega that don't know Christ. We want to reach them, and we are the church. It's our responsibility to do that. So just um, be praying for these 26,000, and please get involved in community so we can just be loving on you. Um, Gabe? He's uh, doing things, so... uh, Oh, yeah, prayer. That's important. <laughs> Power of prayer. Amen. <laughs> okay, so uh, you'll just bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, um, I just want to come to you now and just thank you for this church body. What a beautiful, beautiful day of just love and encouragement coming from one another and just showing what community really does look like. Um, Lord, I would pray today that as we um, baptize and as we send out Kyle, that your word would just be spread that you would use us as, a, as your broken vessels to just spread your message and spread your love. Um, we know that it is Christ in us. It is nothing that we do alone, but it is you in our hearts that changes. You are doing all the work, Lord, and we just we pray that you would just use us. Um, Lord, I just I just want to I just want to pray for each soul here today that you would just touch the hearts and that uh, whatever's going on, you know it all, Lord. You really do, and that you would just change us. Um, so. Dear Lord, amen.